Hello and welcome to episode 27 of No Other Crackpot. Hi there. Uh, Trish, what's the crack this week? That was a very quick countdown from Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Darren just did like three, two, one and nanosecond. (laughs) Um, What's the crack this week? Well, I had a fact check from last week. Oh, do tell. And actually, just hot off the press this evening. (laughs) So you had mentioned last week, Kourtney Kardashian. And her love for Kerry Goldbutter. So that had originally been mentioned. I'd sent you the link. In 2015, she'd like a recipe for Rice Krispie Squares. Oh, jeepers. Which included butter, which I found mental. So that was her first mention that she loved um, Kerry Goldbutter. Chrissy Teigen had also mentioned it before. Sarah Jessica Parker. And now, hot off the press today, Oprah. Oh my gosh. And it's not even that Oprah had said it, but Oprah had put up a video cooking breadsticks and eagle-eyed fans spotted the Kerrygold, yeah. So I had been reading then about Kerrygold. So it's the number one imported butter in America and it's the second best selling butter brand in the US. Mm, God, I am so surprised by all of this. Really? Yeah. It's it's because they're grass fed cows apparently. Mm-hmm. It makes it makes for yellow butter. Yeah, as opposed to the, opposed to the pale stuff. Yeah, oh we're spoiled with our golden butter. I know. Yeah, we are. Because what was it we were watching recently too? And they were holding up butter, and the butter was just bright white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I don't know why it's a, like the marketing behind it is all obviously quite subversively clever but it just keeps cropping back up as well i actually was reading it was a case in 2018 i can't even remember now who exactly it was but it taken up kerrygold butter because in i think they have these ads over there and it's heavily promoting that it's grass-fed cows Mm -hmm. but this guy that took up the brand he said i wouldn't buy it if i knew they were fed other things other than Irish grass. Mm. Oh my so like God. they're fed, obviously, meal or I don't know. I don't mm. know what people feed cows these days. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Would you be that bothered to know? But, yeah, I don't know how that case went. But anyway, mm. there's Kerrygold. Mm-hmm. So that's all the fact-checking. TV mm-hmm. Guide this week. Were you watching much this week? No, very little. So we watched a little bit more of that show, Slow Horses. Oh, yeah. On Apple TV. You mentioned last week. Yep. The espionage sort of thriller show, crime drama. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, With Gary Oldman. And yeah, I love it. So good. The first series is really gripping. And Um, is there two seasons in it? Yeah, there must be. Is there only about six episodes or something per series? Is there? So they're quite short. Yeah, and so we like rallied through the first one and it was brilliant. Um, and now we're on to the second series. So that was really all. And then I heard about this show, Kaleidoscope. Had you heard of this? I thought you were just saying Kaleidos. I was like, right. no, I've not heard of that show. <laughs> Kaleidoscope, um, I've seen it, like, I don't know, it was on a trend or what was it on? Netflix. Yeah, but it's do, on Netflix. It, you know the way sometimes we spoke about this before, a thumbnail puts you off. Oh yeah, because I've not seen the thumbnail for it or anything yet. It's just not intriguing enough for me to click on it, so I, d- oh, I have no okay. idea what it is. No, because I've just been reading articles about it, so it's kind of a heist crime thriller. But the interesting, interesting thing about it is that it, each episode is a colour, so mm-hmm. it's named by colour, and you oh. can watch any. 
You can watch any episode in any order. And it still tells the same story, but from different perspectives. What? And then you just have to end on the white episode. So the end episode is white. And that's where the kind of the heist or the, um, the heist is kind of pulled together and solved or however it concludes, I suppose. So it's called a non-linear viewing experience. It's the first of its kind. I was just going to say it has to be. And different people have watched it in different orders, and then they're all going online to talk about like whether you watched it in the same order or a different yes. order, and then who you empathize with more, or if you enjoyed it more or less than anyone else. So I think I will watch it just to see. Um, Do start, and I'll start this week, and we'll not watch in the same order. Yeah, that's what we should do. Okay. Um, and it gets 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, it's called Kaleidoscope and it's on Netflix. Decent. Yeah, so I'm quite compelled to watch yeah. that. A non-linear viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Like, God, that's... Yeah, because it is. I've never heard of anything else like it. Obviously, there's shows that are, um, you know, like the random anthropology, anthropology mini-series yeah. type things where you can obviously watch any given episode, linked, but they yeah. don't culminate in one conclusion or anything. God, that's very interesting. No, I'll definitely check that out. This week I watched The Pale Blue Eye is on Netflix. Oh, The Pale Had Blue you Eye. that? No. no. So Christian Bale's in it. And that's what initially kind of attracted me to watch it so it's a mystery thriller it's kind of gothic style it's set in the 1830s christian bale plays augustus landor and he's a weary detective brought in to solve the murder of a young army cadet who enlists the help of another cadet and a young poet who the world will later know as edgar Allan poe oh yeah so it's so funny now i didn't know this before i started watching it but it's Harry Melling that plays Edgar Allan Poe in it. Mm. He's the guy, he's been in a good few things, but he played Dudley in the Harry Potter series. Oh. But he is absolutely amazing in it. Mm. I really enjoyed it. The only thing I would say is I found it a bit long. It's two hours and eight minutes. Okay. And it's a, it's a little bit long, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. But it's only 64% in Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. But your man, Harry Melling, really looks like Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. And um, he's getting loads of praise for his um, portrayal of Edgar Allan Poe. But as I said, I didn't know he was in it before I started. Mm. But they kept calling him Poe. Mm. And then there's one point he's chatting to a woman and the woman says, oh, Edgar. And I was like, is that Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> it all made sense. So then it all made sense. Um, Gillian Anderson is also in it. Oh, class. Love her. Yeah. And then when I was reading, when it said about Edgar Allan Poe, one of his famous stories he had was the fall of the House of Usher, which we had mentioned in oh the yes. Halloween episode. Yeah, because that's going to be coming out. Mike Flanagan's doing a horror miniseries on that. Oh. So I would recommend that. It is, as I said, two hours and eight minutes long, but it is enjoyable. Yeah, well, um, I love Christian Bale. So I love Christian Bale. But I think Harry Melling nearly... He's the standout star yeah. of it. But oh. Christian, I love Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah, he can do very little wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's twists and turns in it, so it is a very good watch. Oh. The next thing I watched was, it's trending now, The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker. 
Oh, I never even heard anything about this. Did you not? Did you not? So I had saved it because I seen it was coming out this week and watched it as soon as it came out. So it's the true story of Kai. He's a homeless nomad who, after saving a woman's life from a violent attack, became an overnight celebrity. So there was this video. Um, There was a car crash. A man was attacking a woman. This Kai guy goes up and takes a hatchet from his backpack and starts whacking your man. But he does a TV interview after. It's about mm-hmm. five minutes long. And he's like, and I just went up and I was like, smash, smash, smash. <laughs> but he became like, he went viral. Mm. So after he went viral then, he was headhunted by Jimmy Kimmel. The producers mm. of Keeping Up With The Kardashians wanted mm. to track him down for a reality TV show. Oh my God. So he just... Blew said, up. Yeah, but he was homeless and he kept kind of, he was traveling about and relying on the goodness of strangers. But I'll not give away much more, but he ends up being wanted for murder himself. Oh, shit. So you just need to watch it, but. God, that sounds class. It's, I can't say any more without yeah, spoiling spoilers. It. But that's the premise. But I And where's that on? on? So that's on Netflix. On Netflix. But I was reading then one of the comments about it and someone had made the very good point. It says the film makes a valid point about the exploitation of Kai after his viral stardom. Yet he is still in the cycle of the pop culture. Yeah. You know, because he's in that show. So yeah, it never ends. It never <laughs> ends, yeah. So, yeah, you should definitely watch it. Mm, I will. It's very interesting. Mm. Um, also this week... I ended up watching, I hadn't watched the 15th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You didn't miss much. Also, I've been watching a lot because I'm on holidays this week. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not like <laughs> That's blatantly clear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I watched the 15th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But I put it off because Rubbish. they went to Ireland and there was such mixed reviews. But yeah, you didn't like it. No, I think the last two seasons of It's Always Sunny are dire. I preferred this season to the last season. I, I did like it. I liked well, when they went to Ireland, yeah. No, well, it's... I don't know. I just found it so cringy. There's not as many lol moments. No. But I did enjoy them going to Ireland. But yeah. Danny DeVito, oh my God, like... Yeah. He's just hilarious. Well, he's still brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. It's just the rest all seem to be like caricatures of their former selves or something. And it's really slapstick. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Rob McElhenney is kind of he's too Hollywood now and he wants to almost kind of undo all his cancel cancelable stuff and be like a polished Hollywood star and it comes across and it's always sunny then that he yeah. just doesn't let it be it's unfiltered self because <laughs> I like I've watched it's always sunny from when it from day dot yeah from near enough day dot like no I think those may be a handful of seasons out. Yeah. But I think I've watched it like maybe three We're times over. <laughs> yeah, oh, same. We, yeah, like we've we rewatched the first probably 10 series like over yeah. and over and over and they're brilliant. What I love about it too, obviously it's not PC, but the f- things that they would do that were very non-PC were more poking fun at inappropriateness in society. Yeah. So it was like, because they're such awful people. Yeah. And that yeah. was what was good about it. And now I just feel it's yeah. just diluted. I th- The thing I enjoyed about the 15th season, like, I think it was just enjoyable seeing them 
at the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah, see, you know, like yeah, those episodes were pints garbage. of Guinness and mm. D in trying to pour a pint of Guinness. But like, yeah, it's definitely not as ha ha. No. As it was. But I still, I enjoyed them. Going to mm. Ireland, like, you kind of have to watch them. Like, I would never not watch it. No yeah. matter what. Like, I'll but watch uh, it to sure, the better end. I'm shocked that I put it off this long. Yeah, true. It, like, you were just I think saving I remember it. you saying it. I probably picked you off. You like, no. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> so, well, at least you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Like, mm. um, Then the other thing I watched, started watching, but I'm not going to say much about it, was Succession. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, started watching it. I've only watched two episodes. Mm-hmm. But, so I can't really... Judge it yet? Judge it yet, but no, you will. It does. It, t- it does take a couple of episodes get to get to into you. it. Yeah, but uh, you think you'll like it because it's a little bit arrested development ish. Oh, love it! Yeah, it's kind of like a um, a not as slapstick version yeah. of arrested development in a weird way. Yeah, and the Golden Globes were on this week. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody, were they? <laughs> were they? <laughs> oh, see when I woke up the last morning, I seen. Uh, Banshees of Inishirin wins big. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> She's going to be insufferable now. <laughs> but I think that's nearly testament to how shite it is. What? <laughs> because you find that with a lot of things. No, that's when they win Oscars. Golden Globes are a good validation. Yeah, I suppose you're right enough. Nah, I know what you mean. Sometimes <laughs> if something wins too many awards... I didn't even hear you with you there. I know what you mean, though, but I don't really feel that way with Golden Globes. I, c- I cannot comment because I have not watched it yet and I will watch it this week. It's oh, on, do please. It's on Disney Plus and yeah. I will watch it. Yeah, and White Lotus also won a number of awards as well. And Jennifer Coolidge. She looked amazing. She, she looked did. amazing. She's she's like the most cherished, charismatic individual in Hollywood at the moment. Yeah. And her did you see um see her speech to Mike White, who created White Lotus? No. His name is M- Mike White. That's Yeah. Funny. <laughs> did you see him? Have you seen what he looks like? N- no. Why? Because he you'll recognize him when you see him and you're gonna get a shock. Hold on, look. Mike White. Yeah, the creator of White Lotus. Why would why would I recognise him? Look him up now and you'll see. <laughs> okay, I'm looking him up. Um images. So he's in School of Rock. Yes, he's in School of Rock. <laughs> what do you call his character? Dewey, is it? No. Oh my oh. god. You'll know his character this guy. straight away. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Sh- Mr. Schneebly. Mr. Schneebly Ned or something, is it? And he's also been in Survivor, um, the American Survivor series. And I think he's in... Yes, I see him now. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he's the creator of White Lotus, but he it was a massive bizarre. Jennifer Coolidge fan. So he wrote the character of um, Tanya for her and it completely resurrected her career. And she gives such a lovely, passionate speech, kind of thanking him. And it's just so funny. And he's in tears. Like, it's so cute. It's not in any way cheesy. It's really just, like, it's really endearing. And, like, what did he do? The fact that he was on Survivor, like, was he just a Joe Soap? Yeah, I don't know. White Lotus. Um, Well, like, he's been in loads of, he's, he's an actor turned 
creator, I think. Okay. So I don't know when he was in Survivor. He's been in a few reality shows. Maybe that was like his stepping stone into acting. And then that evolved into actual creation of shows. I am not sure. But it's just kind of your, it's not who you would expect him to be or something. No, (laughs) at all. Um, so now her speech is really good. Colin Farrell's expe- acceptance speech was very, very funny as well. It's so Irish. You need to just watch it. I was reading bits of it, but yeah, I haven't it seen comical. it. And the, uh, the guy that was presenting the Golden Globes, Gerard Carmichael, he was really, really funny as well. His really? uh, opening monologue. I watched half of it last night because I love I love the Golden Globes. I'm a, I just always have loved it. But apparently, like, I didn't realize that it's a really like racist um, and like misogynist, awful mm-hmm. institution. Yeah. So the Hollywood foreign press are known for having a, a lack of diversity in their panel. And there would rarely have been any minority ever presenting the Golden Globes. And rarely would minorities ever win the Golden Globes. But so didn't Martin McDonough say something about this, no? Oh, possibly. I think so. Um, who Brendan Fraser refused to participate in it, even though, you know, he would have... I think he was in a show as well as a movie and he was so nominated for things. showed that he was nominated? I don't even think so. I'm not sure. He, not? he didn't want to be associated with it at all. But the guy, um, the comedian guy, Jared, he really poked fun at it from the word go because he was just like, um, he would be well enough known but not like an A-list comedian. Yeah. And he was like, I bet you all are wondering why I'm here. And he's like, it's because I'm black. <laughs> and he just starts ripping the piss out of the lack of diversity and the fact that he's just taking the paycheck. And <laughs> oh he's like, God. I'm getting paid $500,000 for this. So, yeah, I'm taking it. $500,000. <laughs> yeah, whether that's true or not. Yes. So, yeah, I think we have, um, we've beaten TV gauge to the ground here. <laughs> we have, yeah. The WWW. Well, I suppose we're kind of, yeah. Golden Globes, that's part of World Wide Web. Merges in. I was just going to mention a page I started and like, this may not appeal to some people, but there's a page on Instagram called Parade of Homes IG. Parade of Homes And it's a custom home videographer in America. Mm. But oh my God, the videos are just amazing. So it's like cool interiors. Yeah, if you appreciate Mm. interiors. Big ass homes <laughs> at parade, and are they all fancy, like yeah, super yeah, yeah. fancy ones? But it's just interesting to watch the videos, like so. Mm. Parade of homes, IG. Oh, excellent! We'll give that a follow. Mm-hmm. Um, on my end, did you see the videos of Ben Affleck serving Dunkin' Donuts? No. He so Ben Affleck loves Dunkin' Donuts. It's like his main love in life, apart from J Lo. And um, this has become like meme culture because he's constantly being papped holding like Dunkin' Donuts bags and <laughs> like coffees. And it's a real Boston thing. Um, So he was in a Dunkin' Donuts outlet in Medford in Boston, Massachusetts. And he just decided for the crack to put on the entire uniform and start <laughs> serving people in the drive but through. It's like a Jimmy Fallon skit, isn't it? Yeah, and he didn't even, he just did it for the crack and then like 
a couple of people who were served by him took photos or whatever. And then there's a few videos of him and J-Lo just laughing with the staff. He just thought it would be funny to do it. And then all the comments are hilarious. They're like, I've never seen Ben Affleck look so happy. Like, he looks more at peace serving Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) than he ever has in his entire acting career. Um, So that was quite funny. And another World Wide Web thing. I did not realize that, you know, when Emily Mc, Emily McParis, <laughs> Emily, <laughs> Emily in Paris, yeah. she is wanting to promote the Mac Baguette for McDonald's uh-huh. in an episode. That was a real campaign. Like McDonald's teamed up with Netflix and there is a... Stop yeah. it. So it's like fully immersive, real life campaign mcdonald's teamed up with netflix and emily in paris to do an actual like product placement campaign and the product that emily and co want to promote the mac baguette was a real campaign in paris is it is the mac baguette available available? yeah is it available in ireland i think it's only available in paris ah So if you look it up, you can see all the cool graphics and there's like um, Mac Baguette, Emily in Paris posters. and That's genius. Yeah. And even like the Mac Baguette box has like Emily in Paris branding on it. And so everyone in France was loving it. How much would they have paid? Oh my God, the Mac Baguette looks delicious. (laughs) So I don't know if it is only in Paris or France, I think so. So the Mac Baguette first debuted in McDonald's French locations in 2012. Hmm. They re-released it, oh maybe. My God. Two burger patties, two slices of a mental cheese, lettuce, French mustard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it looks delicious. Yeah. Um, but like, how much would they have paid Netflix? Oh my gosh! God only knows. It's Jesus. Well, yeah, like Business Insiders are saying that's going to be the first of many of these kind of like immersive product placement campaigns now, where like big big brands partner with shows to debut something or re-release something okay so like I that was you know quite you always meta. think on like x factor all those shows you know mm. where they have the big big what's the word like tumblr of like coca-cola yeah or Pepsi yeah, yeah, or yeah. <laughs> exactly and yeah like love island used to do it all the time with clothing brands oh, yeah. and different things and like yeah, i suppose it's it's been done but i just thought I that was quite cool yeah, if you were watching Emily in Paris, it's like in Paris, it's less obvious. Mm-hmm. And you're nearly thinking, oh, I thought of this myself. Yeah. It's not product placement. Yeah, exactly. No, so I was quite surprised to learn that. It's shocking. And then my only other wee last bit tied back to Golden Globes. But do you follow Amelia Dims from Chicken Shop Date? No. What's Chicken Chop Date? Oh my gosh, it's this girl. She's like the female Louis Theroux, basically. She'd be in her 20s, Amelia. Okay. And she's like this real deadpan, deadpan interviewer. And she started this thing in the UK. Mainly it was like kind of independent artists she would interview. But she would take them on a chicken shop date. So they'd go for chicken nuggets. And then she'd like take them on a date, basically. Men and women, whomever. And she'd kind of act like it was an awkward first date. But she'd also ask them questions about their career and stuff. And it became viral and it grew and grew. And now it's like... She was just doing it on YouTube, was she? She was doing it on YouTube and then TikTok as well. So remember that time, um, the Louis Theroux, uh, my money don't 
Yeah, jiggle, that jiggle. That was with her. Falls. That was the interview with hers where like that sound bite came from. Is it? Yeah. He was in an interview with Amelia because that's who she always wanted to interview because she's quite like him in her personality. Mm-hmm. And their interview's hilarious. And she asks him about rapping. And that's <laughs> where that came from. <laughs> but oh she, God. sorry, so coming back to, she was appointed as the official Golden Globes red carpet correspondent this year. And her interviews with the celebrities on the red carpet are gold. Because she's just so weird. And they don't know what to make of her. I've seen the clip of that. And I didn't know who she was. Yeah, that's her Amelia chicken shop date. Oh, Amelia chicken shop date. And her, oh, and her, what you have to look up is her and Andrew Garfield. Oh my God, their chemistry. I don't know if he's in a relationship, but I'm sorry if he is. He needs At to At the just, Golden Globes or? Uh, on the red oh carpet. God, need- they were sizzling like, oh my God. Like, he was in love with her. Stop it. Yeah, it was so cute. No. Yeah. I'll so that's all my worldwide webbing. So we're going on to recommendations. Yes. Um, recommendations. I, you know what I'm going to recommend. Do I? No, actually, maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you never. We never know what each other is going to say. Like no. we, don't, we don't even Rare, look at each like other. We're always like, save it for the pod. Save mm-hmm. it for the pod. No. So this evening, I got myself a sushi making kit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In little. Now, this was like last month. And in the sushi making kit, you get like a bat. I've never made sushi before. But God, it was great crack. Mm, and it was delicious. I can myself, verify. I, w- I wouldn't say it was delicious. Yeah. Did you think it was delicious? Oh, gee, I loved mine. Oh, oh, Marie. Mm. So you get like rice in it. You get a little bamboo roller. So I presume you've never made sushi before. This is like <laughs> no, this I is hardly peak, make my own dinner. This is peak notions here. <laughs> but um I just picked it up. I thought it'd be a bit of crack. So you get the rice and you boil it, and then you have a bamboo rolling mat. Mm-hmm. So you have the little nori sheets, the like seaweed sheets. Mm-hmm. Put them out, you have the rice cooled, spread the rice on, and then you put in whatever fillings you want. Mm. So I put in like tuna and cucumber. Mm-hmm. And then katsu curry. Our fave. Our fave, yes. From Dunn's. And chicken and a piece of carrot. Mm, oh, it was but the, gorgeous. Yeah, I thought they were tasty enough. But wild actually, tasting. when I was in Dunn's yesterday, and it's funny because, you know, though you see things in Little and Aldi that are like random and you're like, mm. God, God, I've never seen a sushi making kit before. Like. <laughs> yeah. And it was only about four, I don't know, what was it? Four the good old Little Isle. But when I was in Dunn's yesterday then, I seen there is a full range that you can buy the nori sheets and Oh like my a, gosh, and Duns. Yeah, and Duns. So you can get the nori sheets, you can get the rice. But I don't know how you would roll it. Because mm. the little one supplied me with a little thing to roll. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure there's gonna be loads of people rushing out going making sushi. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, like even if you were having a girls' night. Yeah, it's such a nice thing to and make. And you wanted to like make your own sushi. I thought it was great crack. Oh my god, yeah. No, I And I, I got I such enjoyment go. cutting them then. I was yeah. Like, oh. Oh. So yeah, you can get all the stuff separately because I don't think that's in Little anymore. Separately in Duns, mm, so you no, get the katsu, know. curry, you get the sheets, the rice, etc., etc. Oh, it was beautiful. So I would recommend to you to make sushi. Yeah, I will. Or uh, 
darn well. <laughs> my personal chef. You can't make it in the soup maker. <laughs> we, we've nearly got darn invested in an air fryer. He even linked me one the last day. Ooh. So big progress. <laughs> I haven't purchased it, but he's he's linking. I'm excited. So that's, yeah, that's my only recommendation now to you. Oh, well, I have just two ones, a really quick one. Um, I, like, I hate the way that I'm always recommending stuff from Marks and Spencer, but it's purely because it's so close to my workplace. Like, I'm not a Marks and Spencer's girl, I'm an Aldi girl. Yeah. <laughs> I reminded myself of Nadine Coyle there, remember that video of her? Like, I'm not a city girl, I'm, I'm more of a beach girl. <laughs> well, actually, I'm both. <laughs> but, uh, like, I love... The Belgian chocolate milkshakes from Marks and Spencer. Belgian chocolate. Oh my god. Oh, there's still a wee bit left in the fridge at work. Actually. What did they come in a big I'm gonna gulp that Oh, are you on about the are you on no, a they're the just milk, wee chocolate milk. But it's called mil- Belgian chocolate milkshake. Oh no, I, I've got the milk before there, the chocolate milk. Yeah, no, this is definitely not just milk because it's quite creamy. It's shaken, is it? Shaken, shaken not stirred. <laughs> oh, it's divine. Because, I mean, I've had it loads of times before, but I got it today with my lunch and I was reminded of its magnificence. But way back, obviously over two years ago, just before I had Clara, I ran to Marks and Spencer and I just needed it. I was like, I need that fucking milkshake. And I went in. And all they had was like the white version, which is not a patch, like as in like uh, white white chocolate, chocolate milkshake, yeah. And it just, and I love I prefer white chocolate actually to like milk chocolate, yeah. But I don't I don't like it the milkshake, yeah. So I had that milkshake today, and it was divine. And my second recommendation, although I have not read it myself yet, and I'm not the target market, but a few people who I know, kind of online and all who I know and respect were mentioning this book today and I thought it was a really cool idea for if you have any kind of tween girls in your life. So it's called Cash is Queen and it's by Davina Tomlinson and it's all about, it's kind of like this really like beautifully illustrated and quite cool book teaching young girls about like financial literacy. Mm. So it kind of gives them confidence about saving money, about talking about money. It teaches them about like gender pay gaps in the future, about like pay disparity between men and women. Um, it teaches them about kind of like coercive control of people trying to control their finances, but it does it all in like a really kind of easy to understand way with like infographics right. and comics and like, you know, stats. So it, the woman herself, Davina, who wrote it, um, she's like in investment banking and things. And she just wanted her daughters to grow up with kind of, you know, a good awareness and control of money. Mm-hmm. Because women statistically have a lack of confidence when it comes to speaking about money, like whether in their personal life or their working life. So she was just saying she'd love to break that stigma. And she just created this very cool book. Now, it is targeted at girls kind of between the ages of say like 10 and 14 but when I was reading the reviews a lot of parents felt that it's 14 might be even a wee bit too old for it oh really so um it's probably more for say like 10 11 12 amazing yeah 
So it's called Cash is Queen. I love the name. Yeah, and Cash it's is um, Queen. And the cover and everything looks lovely. And I just thought it'd be a cool gift to give if you had a girl that age in your life and it's available on Amazon. Hmm. Very good. Um trivia this week. Mm. <laughs> We're moving straight on to trivia because we have removed the biz chat section of the pod. Yeah, so like we kind of feel like we sprinkle biz chat into everything yeah. and then it's like it doesn't necessarily need a specific slot. So our three slots will be TV Guide, World Wide Web and recommendations. Yes, and we are going to be introducing sponsors next week and our sponsors will be businesses so you're not going to miss out on your biz chat entirely. Yeah. So... Going on to the trivia, it was quite funny. So last week you'd mentioned Little bringing out their own Brandon. Oh yeah, did you queue up last Thursday no, and no, get yourself something? I didn't queue up, but we kind of all got an argument in the car. Not an argument, <laughs> but it was <laughs> not over the merch. <laughs> right. We were saying about, you know, everybody used to say, oh, Aldi and Little were brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that so just an urban legend or something? There was something? just a bit of a debate going on. I was like, is that true? That's not true. So I found this <laughs> segment on Reddit and I just thought it was hilarious because I was trying to find answers, definitive answers. But this is something I found on Reddit. So the caption is, the owners of Aldi and Little are not brothers. For some reason, I hear this every time I am in Ireland. As soon as I mention I am German... Irish people start talking about German supermarkets. I've been to <laughs> <laughs> I've been told at least five times by different people in Ireland that Aldi and Lidl are brothers who had a fight and split the company. This is not true, but it's almost true. Aldi was run by two brothers. They had a fight over whether cigarettes should be part of the inventory and they split the company. However, Lidl has nothing to do with it. The two companies that resulted from the split are called Aldi Sud and Aldi Nord. And each one operates in their half of Germany. Both also have started operating in other countries, but avoid direct competition. The Aldi in Ireland is part of Aldi Sud. As for Lidl, they just copied Aldi, hence the similarities. Ah, good to know. Now, I don't know my pronouncing Aldi Sud and Aldi Nord, right? but I presume yeah, it's Aldi so. North and Aldi South. Yeah. My Ger- I didn't do German. <laughs> Did you do German? <laughs> yes. Is S-U-D South? Yes. We <laughs> <laughs> oui, oui. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and that was just something I read on Reddit. So that probably needs to be fact checked. But it sounds, it's all interesting. It sounds legit I believe, to me. I'm going to take it as gospel. I believe Kevin a minute. <laughs> yes, thank you, Kevin. Give him a minute. Puma and Adidas were brothers. Puma and Adidas were not brothers. Right, we'll fact check that for next week. And we'll bring you the answers next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fact check it now. Go on. Darren says that Puma and Adidas are brothers. You and say they... Adidas, I say Adidas. I think don't like all people say a- a- Adidas, Adidas, don't we? Mayo, uh, Mayo folks say Adidas. It's a, it's a fact. It's a it's fact. A fact. Fact or fiction? Right, Fact. speaking oh, to Patricia's mic. Oh, hold on, Darren's coming on the mic. Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, the story of um, Adidas and Puma. The Dazzler Brothers feud was a conflict between two brothers and shoe manufacturers. 
80 and Rudolf Dazzler in the latter half of the 20th century. Their feud led to the creation of Adidas and Puma, two of the biggest shoe manufacturing companies, and started a long-lasting rivalry between the two companies, reflected in rivalries between football clubs and a culture of animosity between Puma and Adidas employees that divided their hometown. My God. Right, there you go. Thank you, Learn something new every week. Never knew knew that that at all. Hashtag never knew that. Maybe we should have a section called never knew that. No, never mind. (laughs) A section (laughs) called brother feuds. (laughs) Brother feuds. That sounds like it could be a Netflix series. Mm. Brother feuds. Okay, so that's all the crack. Okay, yeah, that is all the crack then. So, um, as always, thanks for listening. Follow us on at nootherkrack underscore pod for more. Um, if you're ever looking for links to specific things, that you'll always also find them in our show notes. Um, We're getting better at them. Story highlights. Yeah, we, oh yeah, and Patricia also is doing story highlights to kind of summarize what we've talked about as well. So we are becoming a bit better with reminding you about the various links. Um, and Marie so, does extensive show notes. Yeah, so um, please look up my show notes, everybody, because it takes me <laughs> ages put, to write she them. She puts great effort into the show notes. <laughs> yes. Um, so that'll do. Um, Okie dokie. Bye. Bye bye.